think it would be really cool if they released these records, especially the early records, instrumentals, like the instrumental only stuff. We're probably going to get like all these little fucking Fugazi cucks are going to be like, oh, well, actually, their tour in fucking 1996 was actually all instrumental. <laughs> and Ian McKay and Piccolo Pete actually didn't say a fucking word. So hold your horses, buttholes. Relax. So, so yeah, I, I, I would also like to hear just, just, just like the instrumental parts, but. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different album from a different band and we break down the record. We find out all the secrets about the record and we let you in on, on those secrets. Uh, my name is Tyler and way out there hundreds of miles away is Jeff. Uh, if you don't already know, while you're listening, go to uh, you know Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Give us five stars. Five stars only. That's all we want is five stars. So get off your lazy <laughs> ass and go do that. Please, please, please and thank you. Um, also, while you're listening, you know you can follow us on the social medias at Asinine Radio. We have a Discord server if you want to join that. Hit us up; we'll send you the link. And we do have a phone number you can call. Leave us a voicemail. Send us or leave us a voicemail. Shoot us a text message. And that phone number is five zero three eight nine three five three zero seven. So get into that now, Jeff. Now that we have the boring intros out of the way, what are we doing today? We are doing Fugazi's album Repeater. Now, yeah. Jeff. Yep. Done with that intro. Uh, yeah. What is your what's your origin story with uh, the Fugazis? Go. So I thought I uh, I thought I had like no origin story, but it occurred to me when when listening to thirteen songs, what felt like weeks ago. Do we do we want to do Fugazi and then decide on something else and then come back to it? Yes, we were. Uh, this was the BTS week. Oh. We were going to do BTS. We we didn't do BTS, and, uh, and then we were going to do Fugazi. And then we, I got through the first three Fugazi records, and I just thought, "Fuck, I can't do this." So we decided to go with something easier. I think we did the format instead. That was okay. the week we did the format. Actually, okay, yeah. So yeah, I I, I, I got through thirteen songs, and a couple of the songs I remember, I, I know I heard them before, and it occurred to me that at camp where most of my early uh musical uh, uh, exploration occurred there were two friends one was alex and one was kyle uh, alex was a massive food fighter fan who had tattoos on the back of his neck you know like the album cover of the ff the food fighter logo yeah yeah and he was a huge food fighter fan and his friend kyle was a huge fugazi fan being my like nine, ten year old self, I just thought that Kyle was also a Foo Fighter fan. Therefore, all of these years, whenever Kyle would play Fugazi in the cabin and stuff during like cleanup time, I always just assumed it was the Foo Fighters. You know, fast forward a decade, having not listened to the Foo Fighters or Fugazi, it was uh, it was a trip. It was a trip listening to thirteen songs. Been like, holy fuck! I thought this was the Foo Fighters the whole time. Obviously, I know it's not the Foo Fighters. But it's just, <laughs> I put it in the back of my mind and forgot about it for so long that when it came back on, 
it was it was weird. It was bizarre. And uh, I give I can't remember Kyle's last name. I know Alex's last name, but I can't remember Kyle's last name. But I give him more credit now for not being a huge uh, Foo Fighter fan, but he being a huge Fugazi fan because <laughs> you know, it's cool to be a Foo Fighter fan, to be honest. All right, that's, nice. that's all I got for my origin story. That's your origin story. All right, mine. Uh, mine was. Fuck, the first time I... I don't remember the first time I ever heard Fugazi. I think I probably heard it in high school. I know uh, randomly throughout the years, I've thrown on maybe a Fugazi song just to see if I can... If I like them, because I know a lot of bands I do enjoy love Fugazi. But then I always turn it off after like one or two songs. So it wasn't until three weeks ago where I really kind of... Three four weeks ago when I gave it a real chance. And, and I text you and I'm like, I don't know if we should do this. I don't get it. It's not that great. And uh, so then we decided to do something else and then kind of left it on the back burner until this week when we finally decided to actually do it. And I still felt that way for the most part at the beginning. And uh, but it, it grew on me over the week. It's 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 kind of grown on me. So, yeah, man, it's I'm I'm very new to this Fugazi game. Like I I'm very, very fucking new. So who knows what we're going to miss and who knows how many people we might piss off. But whatever, you know, this is Asinine Radio. That's what we do. I don't think we'll miss much. Sometimes I, I don't. Th- I don't think there's as much there as, as the mystique would would allow it to believe. I guess. True. Yeah. I, I just. This I just is don't. a band that. It's a band that man. Dude, they're 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 so talked about for how influential they are, but there's like nothing written about it. It's few and far between. Outside of Ian McKay, who surprisingly there's not a lot written about him. There's nothing. I don't. I, I don't. I don't understand. Makes no sense. But they, people love this band. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess we can get into it. First impressions and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. First impressions of the record. And so, so first like impressions. Obviously, like holy fuck, man! At the drive-in, so much here. Like at the drive-in, yeah, yeah. So much here. Like oh, all, all over Fugazi's several first albums and releases. I was just, I was, I was fucking surprised. But it makes sense. It does make sense, um, but I, I was. That's cool. I like it. I dig it. I, I, I like that they did take a lot from Fugazi. There's a lot about Fugazi that is at the drive-in, like verbatim, mm-hmm. fucking word for word, just a little bit more eclectic and at the drive-in, but it's still the same uh, fucking concept. I wouldn't say more eclectic. Come on, dude. At the you're drive-in, you're just trying so hard to, to not. You're trying so hard to talk shit on on Omar and at the drive-in. I, I just you're gave trying, him props. You're trying to be I said, different. "What are you you're talking?" To I literally different. just gave him props. I said, "At the drive-in is more eclectic." Oh, I thought you said a Fugazi. It's more I'm out sorry. there. No. Oh, okay. It's okay. More okay. Out I thought you there. said it's, Fugazi. It's more That's spastic. It's more. It's more eclectic. It's more okay, crazy. Okay. It's 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 intense. Yeah, but That's the blueprints are there for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but like overall first impressions. I mean, just based off all their albums, like this band wrote like two albums and then just did it six times, and and like. <laughs> That's fine. That's that's cool, but to hold them in such high esteem for all of their albums is dumb. But to hold them in such high esteem for like two of their albums, one being Repeater, I think is fair. And Repeater's not my favorite album, N- not even like top three for me for doing the thirteen songs. But I think there's something to be said about Repeater its album as a whole. And I think Ian McKay, as a singer, I like him a lot. Like I I I love the way he sings on on Fugazi. It's a little different than how he sings on, on Minor Threat. Just the approach mm-hmm. is a little bit different. But I don't think Minor Threat's a bad band. I just think that the instrument instrumentation just dumbed down punk music with cool singing. 
but my defense, okay, that's fine. But uh, Fugazi's fine. They're fine. They're fine. They're fine. They're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I get what they did, but but uh, uh, but they're fine. They're fine. All right, man. I I agree with you. This is a this is one of those fucking overrated bands. Like I would say, like when we did the um, uh, oh my god, what is the fucking band name? What is the what's the band? Laura Jane Grace. Why am I? Give me something. Oh, uh, against me. Against me. Yeah. Fuck. I don't know why I had a brain fart on that. But yeah, against me. There. That's one band. I don't understand why people like that band. And it's kind of the same thing with Fugazi, except Fugazi is better than Against Me. There's some like really good stuff on here, but yeah, like you said, it's it's a lot of the same shit. It's the same record over and over again for the most part. And I don't understand why they're so influential, but you know they fucking are. And and you're at the driving thing was spot on. I totally agree with you on that. And adding another band to it is Refused. Refused. I mean, you're not a, as big of a Refused guy as me, but or at all actually. Um, but they too they took so much from this band and when i, I first the listened to, to come it, like a three out of three i love that album no you didn't fuck off i did i li- I, did I talked about this yes i did i went back and fucking listened to it not. yes i did uh, it's an amazing album shut the fuck up what are you talking about shut the fuck up. i'm telling you the truth i'm telling you that's what i gave it <laughs> but you would never get it on on vinyl or anything yes i would oh, no, of course i don't ever see what? it i don't even see it new Nichols never has serious? it. Grace never has. Yes, I see it. Where? I, I, see it. I see it. I don't think you see it. I do. I I bought it from. I don't remember where I bought it from, but I bought it somewhere. If you see it new, then yes, pick it up for me. Because honestly, it's I usually do. Usually, like, I think it's usually like thirty-five bucks. Thirty-five dollars. No, I've never seen a used copy. But holy shit, that's expensive. Oh my god, dude. Damn. <sighs> Anyway, anyway, yeah, Refuse take a lot from from this band. And I remember when I listened to 13 songs for the first time, I thought, dude, th- this I I didn't like it. I still don't like that that compilation. I think it's bad. But then I I remember thinking there there are bands that did this sound a 100 times, a 1000 times better, and those two bands are Refuse and At the Drive-In. Like they they took the style and just expanded on it and just made something so great out of it. And it's cool that Fugazi inspired them, but man, did they, overall, their albums are underwhelming. I like them, but they're underwhelming. Absolutely. So that, that's my first impression on Repeater and really this band in general. Repeater. I don't get it. I don't fucking get it. I don't get it, but um, let's see here. Okay, so, so we already played Repeater. Um, wait, do we have any stinkers on this album? Um, no. no, I don't have any stinkers on this album, no. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't either. There are okay songs for sure. Even your boy Piccolo, he's not at his worst on this album. He gets worse on, on subsequent albums, uh, but he's not. He's not at his. I don't know why you fucking like that guy. He's the. Oh, he's I so think I like his vocals. I, I'll say it now. I like his vocals, God, and I he's annoying. I really dislike Ian's vocals. I think he is a terrible vocalist. He ruins some cool parts. He's just awful. I hate his vocals. I'm complete opposite terrible. i think i think piccolos are almost unlistenable every one no. of my bangers is a mckay song i mean i some some of mckay's songs are my bangers i think my 1b is a is a is a mckay song what song? Ian song which one be? um my one oh dude what am i drawing a blank now it's probably, uh probably burned oh no no, no 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 it's it's a it's a pidgeotto song it's oh, uh <laughs> it's sea <laughs> fisted fine oh my god that sounds okay. That, that that's my one B. 
but that that's a Pidgeotto song. But but no, some of my bangers are are McKay songs. Um, but yeah, overall, dude, his his vocals are terrible. But they do get a little bit better as as the albums go along. But no, it's fucking he's terrible. He just has a overrated he, man, dude. Honest, no, I, I I think like his vocals are are adequately rated. If anything, they're underrated. He is a perfect. He's a perfect aggressive punk vocal delivery. It's there. It was there in Minor Threat. It's there here. But here he elevates a little bit to not be so snotty and, and snarky and a little bit more a little more adult, a little bit more like tough, rough around the edges. Like a guy that's been working 40 hours a week and now he's <laughs> heading like a Fugazi band. Like a Mike McHolgan <laughs> delivery rather than like a Al Bar delivery. I love but, Ian McKay's vocals. McKay has like that that thing where like he goes boo boo it's like it's like that 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 i don't even know how to explain it it's just that was oh, good. i fucking hate that i hate that style of vocal and it's people who like can't sing well they they try to sing like that and he I pretty much know, sticks I, to I, like I, what I, he I knows can't. he pretty much sticks to like that guttural kind of like aggressive like kind of like this kind of like but because like he kind of just sticks to that and it's, yeah it's fine uh, I don't know. it's good Actually, it's not. But it's great. See, I love it. I think it's amazing. But Piccolo, but Piccolo Pete, he has he has more of a croon to his voice. No, he doesn't. That he's, shit. Doesn't he's have. a horrible. He's not a good singer at all. He's just not a good I singer. I, I mean, he honestly, tries to be neither, a good singer. And is trash. Neither of them are very good singers. At least I mean, McKay like I, is I, not a I good like, singer and doesn't try to be a good singer. I like Rites of Spring. I, I like that that record. Dude, right? Oh my god. It's a solid record. That um, that's one that I'm glad I did not pick up on vinyl because that that's <laughs> the vocal delivery of that was just it's shit. Honestly, it's shit. I li- I like Raids of Spring a lot. The music was I mean, fantastic. I, I love the music yeah, on that. Great. It was it's a great fucking. It was record. amazing. But his his vocals are un- I, and he sings and again. I said it before, but he sings in two different annoying ways, and that's yeah, that's yeah. what was most mind boggling to me because he, he does not sound the same on Raids of Spring as he does in Fugazi's. I agree. I, I totally agree. But they're both annoying. <laughs> like when I when I listened to Repeater for the first time a few weeks ago, I thought it was all McKay singing. I didn't even know that that guy was in the band that or that there was a second vocalist because it didn't sound like Rites of Spring. It didn't sound like him at all. So I didn't make that connection until I, I was reading more about it, and I'm like, oh fuck, it is the guy from Rites of Spring, and there are two vocalists. Like I, it just it never it never crossed my mind. But. <clears throat> yeah, Ian McKay. I, I just can't get into that. But okay. um, let's see. So, so we we already played Repeater. So, well, where does this sit for you? As yeah, a, let's as talk about Repeater. Is my two B, my two B. Okay, that's my it's my four B. Repeater is good. B. It's a good song. It's, it's it's I love it. It's it's got a good chorus. It's got a good shoutable chorus, and that's that's what I alluded to earlier. Uh, the fact that that they write pop songs that are masked in this post hardcore sound. Because they yeah. write pop songs, they write songs that have catchable or catchy choruses that you can like shout out at shows, and that's like a known fact. Like yelling "repeat up," like that's fun, that's exciting. <laughs> that's that's nothing wrong with that though. But uh, like, dude, this this chorus is very also like at the drive-in, and and it's, I mean, at the drive-in obviously did it exponentially better. But oh yeah, it's still pretty good here, and 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 was a lot about this song, more so about the album as a whole. The bass is probably like the bass is for sure my favorite part of this album. And yeah, then for sure. and then for me it would be Ian McKay's vocals and then drums and then the guitars. But like bass just takes a kick. The bass is like the best thing about this album as a whole. And this one 
This one's cool. It's got a cool drum beat and then like the bass line's fucking it's, it's amazing. Yeah, the, the drum beat too. It's it's very like um like tribal sounding, almost like Sepultura. I know I, I don't think you're very familiar with Sepultura, but it's very like almost Tom heavy and especially in this song it, it really kind of highlights that and and I kind of like that it kind of has a really kind of just interesting beat to it and then like you said the bass playing is absolutely killer they're just locked in so well with one another um but i i i did think that this particular song it actually reminded me a lot of early red hot chili peppers or faith no more it kind of had that in its in its tempo and the the kind of the drumming and everything like that reminded me a lot of of those two bands early on and uh i, I thought it was fucking killer man i thought this was a good song it's a really good song it's, but, it's, it's a good song it's a good song guitar playing vocals are like the my least favorite part of this band for sure especially the vocals the worst part but both vocals at man, least had 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 i would actually think it would be really cool if they released these records especially the early records instrumentals like the instrumental only stuff we're probably gonna get like all these little fucking Fugazi cucks are gonna be like, oh well, actually their tour in fucking nineteen ninety six was actually all instrumental. <laughs> and Ian McKay and Piccolo Pete actually didn't say a fucking word. So hold your horses, buttholes, <laughs> relax. So so yeah, I, I I would also like to hear just 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 like the instrumental parts, but but God, dude, Piccolo uh, Pete is so awful. I like him. Oh I my like god! Him. I cannot even believe that you like that. It's, <laughs> it's so bad. I I can't get over it. I won't. <laughs> well, uh, what, do you, what do you think lyrically about this song? What do you got on this one? So like, this is a, a highly like political band, and political not in like actual politics per se, but just very in the box ideas. They're never really thinking like you know super out of the box stuff. It's very very dumbed down, very basic stuff. And yeah, the yeah. idea of repeater being like a cyclical cycle and then also like a gun that repeats itself. That a, a repeater gun is just a gun you don't have to reload after every fucking round. You just shoot, 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 go, go, go. So there's yeah. a, there's all these little there's all these little things to it. It's cute. Whatever. But this one, I don't know, there's a lot of references here being made to things like imprisonment and drug dealing, both of which are, are presented as a sort of way of life and eventually statistic. Um, but it's a little bit of a stretch, I think. And it's kind of written, written to be up its own ass. Like this, and then uh, Ian McKay's for sure up his own ass. But I think this song specifically is the most up its own ass on the album. I I, I agree that that McKay is kind of up his own ass for sure. Uh, you know, in the band and kind of outside the band, it seems. But I don't, who knows? I, we don't know the guy. Uh, but yeah, no. This to me, the it's, or at least what what the band has said. The song is about local gun violence in in Washington D.C. and how you know kids are dealing drugs at a at a young age and they're essentially killing each other over these these ridiculous drugs and this is his like social commentary on it and talking about how it's all cyclical just like a repeater you constantly re- there the cycle repeating itself and you know that kind of stuff I don't know the lyrics I, I agree with you on the lyrics I don't think there's there's anything super deep it's all pretty surface level stuff it the the only song there's only one song on this record i feel that like tells us like a personal story and that's the last song the last song yeah yeah that that's it otherwise it's all pretty like environmental stuff you know corporations you know they're destroying the environment and 
you know, a little bit of drug stuff here and there. Otherwise, yeah, it's it's not it's not as deep as I was expecting. Another thing, like I thought, you know, maybe like when I heard the music, I thought, okay, maybe people love the lyrics, and that's why this band is so beloved. But then reading the lyrics, I'm like, okay, this can't be why people love this band. I mean, it's fine, it's not bad at all, but it's not nothing that blows my mind or really makes me think. Unless maybe I'm like 15, 16 years old. <laughs> but I mean, otherwise, yeah, it doesn't do much for me. I agree. I, I really tried to like like get into here and 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 think to like maybe this guy, maybe this guy like has seen some shit. And he probably has like from that mm-hmm. DC area. Like he's probably oh, seen sure, a lot of yeah. shit. But then he throws out a song like "Greed," and "Greed's my six B." But mm-hmm. like lyrically, all I wrote is I wrote one word, and lyrics I wrote just "Greed." Like it's so superficial. It's so fucking. It's yeah. so like not deep. It's so basic. It's so dumb. Like this but, is I what. Mean, this is what but we're maybe that, that was over? intentional though. But maybe that was intentional. Like, but that's all their songs here. None of their songs are yeah, deep yeah, or, or anything. There's like two songs in this entire album that could even be considered deep. Otherwise, it's just superficial after superficial after superficial. And that's coming off of Sea Fisted Find and then before two uh, mm-hmm. two beats off, both of which, okay, okay, <laughs> I guess at best. But yeah, this this band is is this band was a letdown. Disappointing. This band yeah, was a letdown. Absolutely. And that's not to say yeah. and that's not to say that I hate this band because I think I think there's some really good stuff here that I want to get in the vinyls that I want to listen to more that I really, really like. And like I said, I love the fact I love the idea of this band being like one of the greatest punk jam bands of all time. Because I think they can be. And I think they might be yeah. are. Because at their best are their instrumentals and when no one's fucking talking. When they're just letting it go, when letting it slide, letting everything just kind of feel itself out, and just exploring new, kind of new genres, but they never really get into it that well. And so it's it's I don't know. This is a cool jam band, but I like Ian McKay's vocals. But I wish nobody would sing ever. <laughs> same here, same here. Even like the right, later so albums where, where people talked about like what? how how great they were at, at exploring different genres of like dub music and psychedelic I music. I don't get that. It's like, what are you talking about? This is just the same <laughs> fucking thing that we've heard fifteen fucking times. The dub thing too. I remember reading reading things like, oh, there's like there's a dub influence song, and I'm like, okay, I'm kind of stoked on this. Like, I, I'm excited to hear it, and then it comes along, and I'm like, like this. This is not. I mean, maybe there's some dub influence, but man, you gotta really be looking for it. You gotta already have that bias in your mind, like that this was influenced by dub, by dub music or whatever, you know. Or like you said, psychedelic. Like, I don't, I don't get it, man. At least, like, <laughs> I really, at don't. least like Bad Brains legit did a fucking reggae song and threw a reggae yeah. song and like mashed up in between two highly aggressive punk songs. Yeah, and or so even, there was. No ifs, ands, or buts. Like they did that, and then after hearing that reggae song, then you could hear tinges of influence on their other punk songs. But no, there's no, yeah, or even no like progression the, here. Like the Clash, like you can obviously hear the the inspiration of the the reggae, the dub in the Clash's music. Yeah, they're I mean, they're not like aggressive punk like like Bad Brains are, but you can hear it in their more punk influenced songs. Absolutely, but but yeah, no, this uh. This band and Fugazi. I don't get it. I don't get it. But the whatever. Fugazis. The Fugazi. Uh, what's your number? What's your 1B then? Uh, merchandise. Merchandise. Why? Merchandise. Boss. Why is that? 
Dude, fantastic bass line. Contrast like the guitar off strokes, his little those little ska strokes. Love it. Yeah. And then when the chorus hits, dude, that's like the catchiest chorus on the album. Aside from just yelling repeater. Repeater. But this is a yeah, perfect song. This is this this is my six B, but that I that chorus that is very anthemic sounding. It's it's catchy. And that bridge, the bridge in this song is very pop punk. And that's probably why this is your one your one B. It's probably why you the hate bridge, it because Ian McKay sings on this one. No, not, this is my this is my B. Yeah, I did beat, I did so. <laughs> I did put Ian sings lead on this one, and he's kind he's very annoying in parts. That's what I put on this particular song because he is. But I just, is I like, cannot I cannot fucking believe that you dig like Peshota over McKay honestly because McKay does the same thing like there's no range in him. At least Peshota like tries to have different range and he tries mm-hmm. to actually sing. It's just bad. But at least like he tries. But like McKay just does the same kind of thing over and over, and it's solid. Yeah, and it it's, matches the music always. Uh, it doesn't no, always. Dude, it's so annoying. It's so annoying. It really. It just. It it takes me out of the music so much when his vocals come in at times, or a lot of the times. It's annoying, man. It's annoying. But I and on this particular song too, I I think they they utilize the the palm use really well in the verses as well. And then, like I, like you, like we talked about, it transitions so well. That palm mute transitions so well. Transitions so well into the chorus. I think this is a, this is a solid song. Yeah. Absolutely solid song. It's one B. Well, it's not. It's not. <laughs> so let let's play. Um, it's the six. It's the six B. My six B. So let's play a little bit of uh, merchandise from uh, from the Fugazi's. Where is it? Okay, here we go. Merchandise from Fugazi. All right, there you go. Merchandise from Fugazi that that main guitar riff too it sounds so much like the Refuse song what is it I think it's Summer Holidays versus Punk Routine the just I think it's like almost identical I think it's that song I, I have to double check but I think it's that song but no, it, that riff is identical off of um, The Shape of Punk to Come off that record that makes Did sense you pick up that at all or no no, I, I mean I've 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 only listened to the Shape of Punk to Come when we did the episode. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I don't listen to it regularly just because I forget about it. But um, I should listen to it now after listening to the Fugazis and hear like the oh, similarities, man. but then also hear of how this could have been better. Yeah, seriously, I, at least listen to not just the Shape of Punk to Come, but listen to the one before it, Fanning the Flames of Discontent. I mean, the, the those two records right there are just straight up. Much better Fugazi, way better Fugazi. Because even like There's in Repeater, on there. even the song Repeater, like I that that shouting chorus, like re- yell, yelling Repeater is fine, right? But then like thinking of just Pattern Against User, that doom do hey, like that hey part is so yeah. much more. It kicks so much harder than anything in Repeater, and just that one little part. Oh yeah. But, but that but that one little part wouldn't exist without like Fugazi's Repeater, but it still kicks harder than anything on That's Repeater. True. Oh, so man. like give, this give, makes me give, this, uh, give credit where credit is due, but also acknowledge the fact that this is it's not the greatest like by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, another band you know we we didn't really touch upon too much that I feel is was very influenced by Fugazi was is Turnstile. There's a lot of a lot of stuff in Turnstile that reminds me of this Fugazi record. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if you you necessarily agree with it, but I feel it's more more of an inspiration from from Fugazi than Refused or At the Drive In. 
I mean, that, that's they just st- kind of throw yeah. their own spin on it. That's for sure it's stemming from like the hardcore aspect of that Fugazi's trying to portray. Because, like, Minor Threat as a band, I listened to them again like yesterday. What day is it? Monday? Yeah. No, Saturday night. I listened to them again. And, like, they're really good. They were fucking great. And they just had the one fucking album. But, yeah. It's just bland, like, punk rock. It's just bland stuff. It doesn't really go anywhere. Nothing happens. But there are, like, parts of it that are really, really, really good. And that's, that, like, perfectly translated to Fugazi. And again, Right to Spring, like, that, that was a really good band that I think is a perfect album, to be honest, if you took the vocals out. I just, that's the one thing. But you mix them together and, like, you literally get Fugazi. Like, like if, 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 if somebody was very familiar with Minor Threat and, and the Rights of Spring album, I said, hey, what does Fugazi the, sound like? And he said, this, it sounds like a mashup of both of those things. That is literally what this sounds like. But Rights of Spring is more punk. It, it's more of a punk record than this is. In but Minor Threat's in, more punk than any of them. Minor well, yeah, no, Threat's more aggressive no, punk than any of them. No, but I there agree. Are parts I totally to, but agree. there are parts to Minor Threat that get into that like kind of like chuggy, choppy, like post-hardcore sound. Whereas Right to Spring, there are a lot of parts to Right to that's Right to Spring album that get into like a poppy realm that kind of slow things yeah. down and get more melodic. Get more but, melodic, more ballady at points. I mean, I don't know. Fugazi's just the. They're they're fucking fine. They're so fucking fine. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and then I even went. I even went back and listened to Husker Du. So I listened to them before. When we first started collecting the vinyls. I got a bunch of Husker Du albums, and they'll sell for a pretty pretty good amount of money. Oh, too. from from that Ramones lot you got. Yeah, and Elvis Costello and shit. Yeah, there's a bunch of Husker Du, and and everyone always said like, oh, they, like you talk about post hardcore, like you can't talk about post hardcore without Husker Du. Like, okay, I get it. Yes. But Husker Du couldn't help themselves as opposed to writing to like like horrible 80s ballad shit because that's what they did. They were, yeah, they were like the original post-hardcore kids for sure. But they still wrote shitty 80s music. And Husker Du was it's just, it's trash. It's fucking trash Honestly, music. I've, I've never, I mean, I know the band, but I've never heard their music. God damn, they're awful. I don't care. They're fucking awful. And I've tried to listen to them again <laughs> this week. I even just did like their top five or six songs on Spotify. It's just trash music, and they're like the they're like the originators of like the post hardcore sound that like would eventually become like Fugazi's and At the Drive-ins and the Refused. <laughs> <laughs> but God, it's just this 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 genre should start at like At the Drive-in. I don't give a fuck. It's just it really should. <laughs> don't care. Even even early early At the Drive-in is better than this record. It really it really is. But whatever. We we play merchandise. Uh, what, what do you have lyrically on this one? Uh, I mean, obviously, this is like a dig at consumerism, and that's yeah, that's what's happening here. Um, I guess I guess now will be like a better time than ever to to get into into Ian McKay's uh, entire concept of of bootlegging and and consumerism because oh, this was uh, yeah like like Fugazi and, and and Discord Records and Ian McKay never liked to sell shirts. They didn't sell t-shirts because that was just more that was another body they had to hire like at a merch table to sell shirts. They just yeah. had to, they had to pay this person to sell shirts and that's just more overhead in essence. And so they they never really sold like anything. But then they'd also like shut down bootleggers. And there was I I didn't know until this week. This is all like new to me. But I guess there was a a a a kind of sanction but not sanction infamous t-shirt that said like this is not a fugazi t-shirt 
And yeah, yeah, I saw that. And it made a ton of money. And eventually, like Ian McKay couldn't like shut it down. And so he called the guy who was doing these shirts and like basically told him, like, hey, I don't care if you do it, but like don't be a dick about it. What you should be doing is instead of sending me royalties, you should be sending the royalties to whatever like charitable organization charitable organization you want to in the Boston area. And the guy like told him straight up, like, okay, I will do that. And then did. He eventually did send like a lot of hmm. money, X amount of dollars or percentages to like a local woman's shelter in like the Boston area. And that okay. was cool. And that but I think that's like the only time Ian McKay ever like allowed something to happen. Because then remember Forever Twenty One just a couple of years ago and we talked oh, about yeah, it too on that. the pod. They were selling misfit bootleg stuff, minor threat everything. shirts. Yeah, minor threat misfits, all that shit. But the one but the one that they shut down quick was the minor threat because Ian McKay does not does not allow this kind of shit. He does not fucking no. he won't have it. I do I do like I do like aspects of the going full DIY like like he's really kind of or the band really has doubled down on you know not allowing certain things and not playing shows just for the money I I do respect that but then at a certain point it's like uh, it gets a little obnoxious honestly like you're kind of up your own I don't know kind of up your own ass in a way like I said I I don't know the guy we don't know the guy at all but it at, at a certain point it it, it goes past the point of humbleness and becomes kind of pretentious and kind of maybe annoying. I don't know. It, it is it is a fine I hate kind line. of saying it, though. I, I, I hate saying it because he probably is a nice guy and people do speak so highly of him, but then, I don't know. Coming into this so new and fresh, it does seem a little little annoying at times. I, I think especially because, like, the whole straight edge thing. Like, straight edge is just, just, I mean, from what we know of straight edge, and it's just, like high school, like kids in high school that were straight edge, it was just so stupid. Like you're yeah, not even yeah. old enough to fully understand what like straight edge means, what addiction means, like how it affects families and stuff. So there's like a lot of like yeah. growing up to do to just integrate into society with alcohol and drugs. And like alcohol is such a part of like humankind, human nature. Like we drink. It's just something we've been doing for thousands of years. And yeah, you just yeah. completely say, no, I'm not doing it. Like, I don't know. I find that weird, to be honest. I find it weird. I don't. It's bizarre. It really is because it's just such a part of our 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 bonding as humans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jesus gave for, wine yeah, all for, his fucking homies for God's sakes. Come on. <laughs> yeah, two thousand years ago. Yeah, he did. So we know it. Pre, it, it dates at least back two thousand years. So, so it's it's. I respect it because he's been doing it for so long, and and he's been like, I don't know, but they and then like his integration into the whole riot girl thing. And everyone kind of accused him of, of like appropriating that movement and putting himself in there just to like monetize it. Like I see yeah. that because like the riot girl thing is has nothing to do with, with Fugazi or men in general. It's something completely different. But then he produced like the first Bikini Kill EP or album and everyone was kind of like, Why like why are you even integrating yourself into this? Like why are you doing this? But because he had like priors of of, of like anti establishment stuff he kind of got away with it. So, I don't know, maybe it's just a skeptic in me that that, that looks also, at this with like a skeptical eye. But then also like, you know, the, the whole straight edge thing, I mean, the whole straight edge like hardcore scene is very gatekeeper-ish. It's the people, in, a lot of the people in that scene are fucking assholes, like straight up assholes. I mean, I knew some of them growing up. I mean, I... In high school, for me, I refused. I didn't drink. I didn't do anything. I was very, 
I was straight edge, except I wasn't vegetarian. You know, that was that was really it. I mean, otherwise, I I refused to do it because I had my own shit that I didn't want. There was a reason why I didn't do it in high school, and I didn't start drinking until I was like twenty years old. And then I started to. By that time, I was like, okay, I'm not the person that I'm trying to. I'm my own person. That's kind of what I can, I I realized. Like I'm my own person. I'm not gonna fall into this addiction. I'm not gonna do this, this, or that. Like I know, I know myself better than that. And then I kind of grew out of that. Like I feel like the straight edge movement. It's something that most people grow out of, unless you're, unless you're, you're just, you're just doing it for the image. I feel it gets to the point where you're just doing it for the image, and that's it to keep up with your with with something that you would that people know you as and i feel like that's that's a lot of what these old straight edge guys are they're just doing it to keep up with that old image that they were they were a part of when they were 19 years old and that's kind oh, of annoying I, I i agree i agree i mean even you you didn't even you didn't really drink in high school or do anything in high school as far as i remember you didn't and no, most I, it, and, and and if several, actually, quite a few of our friends never really drank or did anything in high school. It that just was wasn't because, part like, of our we're—I mean, honestly, we're busy doing we're other busy things. We're busy doing, yeah, doing stupid shit, but doing other illegal activities and tearing up lawns and shit. But I, well, just, I mean, yeah. we just—we did a lot of trespassing when we were kids. A lot of trespassing, yeah, a lot of it. But we never—I don't know—I never really surrounded myself with people who drank. And when I did, I let them do their things. I used to go to concerts and shows all the time in high school you know kegers and stuff and warehouse shows but i never i never got into it don't ever forget like 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 junior i think it was junior or senior year i can't remember i think it was junior year like ditching ditching school with oh yeah you i I used to ditch with them sometimes but like the first time i did it i only did it like two or three times because it was boring then then we drove it had to have been junior then and we drove behind stater brothers and then they smoked and i didn't smoke and after like twenty minutes, I was just kind of like, is, "Like, is this all we're gonna do? <laughs> like, yeah. This is it? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, this is what we do." I said, "Okay," and I walked back to school. <laughs> I was like, "This is fucking dumb, dude. This is so boring. Like, at least at school I can sit down. Like, fuck me, man. This is so boring." <laughs> so I, I mean, yeah, for sure. Like the the, the straight edge community is is very gatekeepy, like you said, because yeah. If you are not one hundred percent like straight edge, you are not part of that community, which is yeah. which is fine. Like if you're not a part of the community, then don't be pretend to be part of the community. But there's got to be like a gray area. And I feel like with Ian McKay, there was, from what I've read, again, we're still new to this, but it seems like there was never a gray area with him. It was always just like no, 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 no. Yeah, and speaking then, of like, but then you get like the last song. The last song is is like the most like uh, sh- uh, shut the door. That's the most like. Like empathetic thing that I've ever I've read about him the entire time that we've been doing this, right? Yeah, that I kind of I felt the same way, and and like we were talking about off the pod before we started recording, for being a band that's so influential, there's not that much written about the band. So the the little bit that we're reading about Ian McKay, it's not in a very positive light, or more in kind of like a like a neutral kind of way. Like there's nothing overtly positive or or overtly negative about him so yeah. it kind of seems like we're basing our opinion on him with our experiences with straight edge people and people in that scene and maybe that's unfair i don't know it is a little unfair whatever i don't Cause, know because i do like massively massively respect the fact that he's supposedly he's been offered like millions 
to play shows for record contracts. And he's every single time was just, nah, I'm good. And yeah. And like, if it was a band that released one album, if it was like a Rites of Spring type of thing, or even if like mm-hmm. it was a minor threat thing without Fugazi, and they were like making these claims about like being offered millions for a recording contract, and they said no, I may not believe it, but because Fugazi is so like wildly respected in the music community, and like in the community in general, like people just fucking at least respect Fugazi, and I do respect Fugazi. Yeah, I do great, too. but I, I do respect him. But I, I even do, though we're talking shit on him, we, we we still do respect him. So. Yeah, but like I like that's that's fucking dope. Like, and then they got offered. I mean, supposedly like a lot of money to headline like Lollapalooza, and yeah, like numerous times like Coachella and all these other massive festivals. And you know, according to online scripture, Ian McKay's only response was, "Will tickets be fifteen dollars or less?" And if the answer was no, <laughs> then nah, fuck off. <laughs> like I know it's fucking wild. Like I don't, I still don't know if I love that or think it's so annoying. I don't know. <laughs> but it, I mean, in in today's standards, it doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, in the in the early '90s, mid '90s, d- doing a show for five bucks that was very doable. Like, even for a popular band, that was you can still do a show for t- five or ten dollars. I remember, I think we, you and I were talking about this a couple months ago. Nirvana or Kurt Cobain did a, an interview say, and doing an interview and somebody asked him about Madonna's tour and how she was charging $30 for a show. And he was like blown away that she was charging $30 for a ticket. That's insane. And that, that, that blew my mind because it's like even in you know the early 2000s, a Madonna show was going to be at least 70 bucks. I mean, I fucking saw Metallica in 2000, 2008. And I paid fucking seventy five dollars for that fucking ticket. That was the most I've ever spent for a concert ticket. That's like one fifty in today's times. Exactly, and <laughs> Maybe not and for like and if 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 the band still has that mentality, they're never gonna play a show again because there's no tour that's gonna no promoter no venue is gonna charge five dollars to get into the to the venue. I mean, it, the band would literally lose thousands and thousands of dollars. If they go on a five dollar tour, or that's even the thing a ten dollar tour, like like because they got because they'll have to pay the promoters. Exactly, people got to eat, dude. You got to pay security. You yeah. got to pay the guy that like the janitor to clean the fucking porta potties. Like you got to pay the guy to deliver the porta potties. Like everyone's got to make their money. And if if you're worried about like ticket prices, then like everyone needs to make their money. And then if the if if you want ticket prices to go down, that means you as the band that is headlining is going to make the least amount of money, yeah. besides like the promoters who. The band probably hates, but yeah, that that means like the band is going to be making less money. But regardless, there's no fucking way a festival is going to charge less. At minimum, it's got to be twenty five dollars. Like yeah, at, yeah. And that's like with the band making no money. There's too it's many true. people. You're you're totally right. Even if they sm- play in a small venue, like glass house size venue, you know, less like a thousand seat venue or less, you know, eight hundred seat venue. The tickets are going to be at least twenty five, thirty bucks. Like, just it's financially, it just it doesn't make any sense to do it any less. But what do we know? What do we know? Know uh, everything, so, baby boy. So merchandise, we we, we talked about that one. Uh, do we have anything else on this one? No, that's uh, that's that's all. Okay, so uh, so my one B is uh, is uh, oh my god, oh. It's, See, 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 fisted find. See, fisted find. Fucking, how do you? I've never known it. It's yeah. 
Uh, but this song is uh, this one is is sung by uh, Pidgeotto on on vocals or Piccolo P, whatever you want to call him. I don't know, Picciotto, Picciotto. I don't know. I think it's like uh, I think it's like Italian. Probably it's like Picciotto. It's like that. Yeah, you do you did that finger thing, you know? I did with my hands. Uh, you didn't see it, but I did it. With my hands. I did it. I just I just did it too. Uh, it just, it starts with that that cool little guitar riff, and but when that bass hits, oh, dude, it's so good. Yeah, it's so that low. It's so hits. burpy. Oh, it's so fucking good. great. And and you know at points it's just fast it's aggressive the the drums just just go along so well with everything ah oh, dude it's it's great and and normally normally I don't really like a lot of Tom heavy drums but the way he does it on this one on this particular song is it's solid it's fucking solid I really really dig this song does this one sit as a B for you no and it's only because of the vocals. Not at all. Not at all. Really, you really can't stand his vocals. That's I cannot. To me. I I probably won't even ever buy this album because of the vocals. Oh my! You wait, you really would not buy Repeater? I don't think I would. Even if it was like wow. sixteen dollars, like I don't know if I could. I really don't know if I could. I mean, th- I think it, had this been maybe like five or six days ago, I wouldn't have bought this on 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 the vinyls. But because you know, I've I've listened to it. I've listened to this album maybe five times this week. And, you know, just getting into the lyrics and getting more into the history of the band. That was, like, the reason why I bought this record. And it was, like, 18 bucks. It was less than 20 bucks for this record. So, See, it's hard because, like, no matter what, I, I listen to an hour album of the week minimum four times. Just once to begin with, once in, like, the succession of going through the albums in chronological, chronological order, and then one for, like, a lyric, and then one for a music. So no matter what... I'm going to listen to even the worst of albums four times. <laughs> and inevitably, they will grow on me. And they will grow on me yeah. after we're done because we talked about it and there's like a nostalgia factor to it. But, dude, I, I, really, I really cannot get over the vocals. I really can't. <laughs> I just can't. It's just, I, won't. I, I just can't believe that, that you like McKay's vocals more than him. I, that, that really honestly blows my mind. But, like, it doesn't make any sense, though, because McKay's vocals are... They're like generic punk vocals that we've heard a thousand times. So the fact no, that you hate it, them doesn't make any sense. It's more than no, it's I I I don't know. I guess I can't explain what I don't really like about it. I, I tried explaining it, but I maybe it just I don't know. I guess it doesn't make sense. But at least like your boy tries to sing. He's a shit singer, but at least he tries to sing. McKay just does the same thing. And the difference between minor threat and this one, but is, that's but is that doesn't make marginal. it better. That makes it worse. I know, but like you shouldn't hate it though. You should at, at minimum. You it, think it's okay, uh, but he's not. It a takes terrible away from singer. the music so much at times. It's I, I, a, it's I don't. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. All right. Well, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play a little bit of uh, of this song, and then we'll get into the lyrics, and then we'll go from there. So here it is. Uh, Steve fisted, fi- dude. Steve fisted, fisted find. find. There we go. We got it. It's so crazy to me. I mean putting the vocals aside because because you claim you hate them hate them just the the music in this is so good with the 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 playing on the the hi-hats and the the big heavy power chords hitting in during like the choruses or like certain parts of the song do that and that 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 high guitar riff it's just high guitar part is so good i i love the music in this one i really do like the bridge part with with just a guitar like that's super dope that's amazing. 
Oh, it's, but it's just it's the vocals and like throughout the song like everyone's kind of like doing their own thing and it's totally different but it yeah. meshes really well together and even like the lyrics like lyrically this is one of my favorite songs no I, I, I think lyrically this is I'm, it's kind of nice seeing them talk about something that's not like anti-capitalism you know environmental stuff I mean this is like a little bit more personal with the drug stuff which is uh, I, I like that about I like when they get more into that it's fine so. Yeah, I mean they yeah. they do talk about heroin. I mean they it's it's interesting that they focus mainly just on heroin rather than anything else. But I guess that you know in the late eighties, that and crack were like the big, the big, deadly drugs. But this was cool. Like the 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 opening line of like here comes a problem wrapped in a solution. Right, the problem being addiction and the solution being heroin. Like tied yeah, up in a little yeah. bag, like it's it's tied, you know, it's, it's wrapped in solution, and so like that cyclical path that ties into like the whole repeater motif, that's solid. That's fucking it fantastic is. writing. Well, but even that 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 whole verse. So after those two lines, it's it's ugly as it's strapped on. Like you know, you 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 tie the tourniquet on before you you shoot up, and then twice as hard to get behind. So it's twice as hard to feel that same high from the first time. Like it gets harder to reach the high every time you do it. So it adds to the the repeater concept, I guess, of the the title of this record. So I I think this that entire verse right there, it's fucking solid. Fantastic. Yeah, the song is really really good. I love this song, but I can't get over the vocals. <laughs> I just can't. I won't. Oh boy, I I still don't get it. Even listening to the song again right now, I was just thinking like, dude, this is so much better than Ian McKay's vocals. It's it's leaps and bounds better than Ian McKay's. So, like, if you would have come at me and said, like, I think Ian McKay's vocals are boring. I got it. I get it. They but are to, boring, though. But to say they're bad? They're, they're bad, bad. They're boring. They're, they're boring. bad and boring. They're basic. They're they're run-of-the-mill. This is punk. This is, like, half the punk bands that have come out of the 90s and 2000s. Boring. I get it. I'll, I'll give you that. But bad? No. I, yes, I can't bad. give you that. I can't give you that. I won't. Ah, dude. can't. It's like jarring sometimes the way he sings. But like we've heard these punk vocals a thousand times in a thousand. And it's not other good, bands. and it's fucking terrible. They're not fucking terrible. They're not fucking it's good by any stretch of the imagination. Terrible. But they're not terrible. Ah, oh, Yimiki is terrible. Like, it's like it's like watching like a a mediocre Keanu Reeves movie. Like it's not bad. It's okay. Oh, well, it's bad. I get yeah, it. It's, bad. it's all right. It's That's fine. a terrible example. Dude. How is that a terrible example? Keanu Reeves is a horrible actor that plays in pretty damn good movies. And so at worst, even that movie that he played with with, uh, with uh, Sandra Bullock, the, the, the romantic comedy. Was Did he bad. really do a movie with her? Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. You're the worst. What movie? I don't know what movie that is. I, don't I can't remember what it was why, called. How am I the worst? It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It wasn't for sure. How am I, I the worst? I, because good. I don't know this movie that Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock were in. How do you not know that movie? The fuck out of here. All right, so do we have anything left on, on this particular song? Should we move on? That's it. That's, that's, that's All right, then what's your, what's your 2B? Uh, I thought we... Yeah, repeater. We, was oh, 2B. no, you you did. you do, Yeah, because your 2B was repeater. Yeah. So repeater. my my 2B is uh, is greed. I we, we touched upon this one because the lyrics are just... They're, they're stupid. So but, stupid. But the... Uh, I, I, I like the music. Even the vocals, I, I do enjoy... Because Ian and and uh, Piccolo Pete 
they they share vocals and they they sing together and it's it sounds surprisingly good together i do like it it's not until like you get to the toward the latter part of the song where they kind of split off and and do their own thing but i do like that they they sing together because they don't do that they don't i don't think they do that very often no it's Um, usually like shouting parts if they ever sing together it's just like shout like one person doing a chorus and the one just shout like repeater the other one's just shouting something in the back it's just like, dude, you have this band that is clearly influential. You're making it. You're making. You're honestly, they're making a lot of money. You know, after this record, they're making. They're making a pretty decent living, being especially being so so DIY. And yet See, they like, don't I, try. I, I to, don't. I don't think they made a lot of money. I think they made just enough to like comfortably live. Because but you it, at, like, when you look at when you look at the venues that they were playing though they were playing pretty decent sized venues but they made especially in the mid 90s like 10 bucks which is coming out of their matter. pocket but that's coming out of their it pocket which means doesn't matter that's coming out of their pocket I mean, t- okay this is the mid to late 90s they say they're charging 10 bucks 10 bucks a ticket for a 1000 seat venue that's 10 grand right there just just on ticket sales yeah, you know. and the venue's going to take minimum probably half to like 75% they're, of that. Okay, they'll, they'll take So they'll divide take it by four, three grand divided by four. I mean, yeah, they're making a comfortable living, but they're not say, like well, say, rock okay. stars here. No, okay, okay, say 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 that the venue promoters take it. Say a $10,000 seat, $10,000 $10, they make one show. The venue promoters, everything take 6000 So that's 4000 split between four guys. 1000 bucks a show. And at this time in the '90s, they were playing like 150 dates a year, sometimes 200 dates a year. That's those are a lot of shows. So you're you're looking at you know, you know, at, at the end of the year, they're probably each member is probably walking away with maybe 70, 80 k, which a is year? a lot. A year, which okay. is a lot in, minus, in the minus mid-90s. taxes, minus expenses. So they're making like 40, 50 k a year. That's that's not rock star status. I, by any I honestly, means. That's, that's I honestly feel like they talk. were there. I think what we're saying right now is very conservative, like extremely conservative. And in the mid '90s, that was a lot. Regardless, that was a lot I think, of money. I don't think I, I don't think anybody. If anybody's pulling in money, it's Piccolo Pete and, and Ian McKay. They're not pulling in more than seventy k a year. And then again, but, minus taxes and expenses, they're probably like taking home forty five k a year. And yeah, that's that's solid money for the '90s. But that's not rock star money by by any stretch of the well, imagination. Well, of course, it's not. They're yeah, they're like, not millionaires. But, I mean, they're pennies to the dollar of, of rock star money. But they're also but also think about it this way too. You know, Ian owns Discord Records. They they everything is done through his label, or at least maybe their label or whatever. So you know, you have all that money coming in too. So so they they have the songwriting royalties. They have. They own everything about Song royalties Gossip. to what? They're not, they're not they're not they're not they're not loaning their songs out to commercials. They're not pressing a million copies of, of repeater. No, but what I'm saying is no no no. They're not but making what I'm a saying lot of money. Is, but there's they're no selling records. Made. What what did repeater sell? Like five hundred thousand copies. It, it got. I mean, it got like something like twenty thousand pre-orders. But like, I don't know if it sold the five hundred thousand. Maybe eventually. Okay, so so one hundred twenty thousand times. Let's say fuck. Even say say one hundred twenty thousand records were were sold. Just pre-order, and say you were selling each record for five five dollars. That's six hundred thousand dollars right there. Okay, how much did it cost to make those records? What, what do you I'm, think just saying, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You pulling these numbers out of thin I'm air. Just saying, like, come you, on. No, no, no I'm just saying. This no, guy. But like I said, no, no, you're not letting me finish. Like I'm saying, you, you. I'm doing this on a very conservative level. Like just the pre-order itself. First, I think it was this record, five hundred thousand. Say five dollars, which is very cheap even for a CD at the time in the mid '90s. 
you know, you're making 600K right there. Yeah, you could probably take half of that out for for the, the production costs of the actual record. The, the, well, they didn't even promote or market it. So, I mean, you don't even have to factor that part in. So, you know, the production costs, you know, pressing it to vinyl, you know, the CD costs, the tape costs probably, you know, cut that in half. So, so what, three, 300, 300K right there split between four people. You know, what is that, like 70,000? Wait, seventy thousand, seventy between seventy and seventy five thousand yeah. dollars, right there. Yeah, sure. per person yeah. within one year, on top of on top of the touring, which we also conservatively said each member was making roughly probably forty five k. They're making over a hundred thousand dollars a year, which means they're 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 taking home almost half of that after okay. taxes and expenses. So, so still, and okay, don't so, forget. So that okay, so half the time of that is sixty k. They're recording the album. They're not doing anything. They're only recording they're taking for two months four, out of the year. No, they were not. They were taking like four or five months off. And some of these later albums, they were taking almost like a year off. Okay, but it doesn't matter. Except but like collecting doesn't... royalties. Like your thought that these guys are like making buckets of money. No, they were not. I'm not saying they're making buckets of money. They're making a good living. I'm just saying they're, they're no making... different than like a, a, a guy never... that owns a small dental practice. If I that, never even. said that they were making like the level of Nirvana yeah, like, or Pearl Jam like, or shit like that. You're, you're, like, you're making it seem like these guys are going to retire off repeater. Like, what are you crazy? No, no I way. Never, I never made, made that claim. Made, I never no even way. implied that. I never you implied did. that. You're I never making it seem that. like no, they're making a bunch of money. They're not uh, making a bunch not. of money. Yes, you did. I said they're making a decent, a good, a good living, like a very good living. In a decent. What is a decent and a good living? No, they're they're making. Of course, it's subjective. Of course, it's subjective. Yeah. I understand. No, they, they, these no, these guys specifically made it so that they are comfortable living, but they're not they're not buying a house in cash. Ay, ay, ay. They still have a mortgage. And what are you talking about here? Hey, come on, you're being silly. That's the DIY <laughs> ethic here. I dig it. Yeah, you're, okay. you're being silly. Okay, well, how do how That's do we fine. even go on to this this tangent right here? Because you're being silly. Because you think like these guys. No, are, oh, these guys <laughs> that, make a fuck bunch more. No, but what? But what? What spurred that? What spurred that that argument? What what started that argument? I don't know. Probably greedy. I don't even remember greedy. <laughs> I mean, we, I mean we, we were talking about this song Or we just started talking about it That's my, that's my 6B Yeah, it's a good one I mean, uh, fuck it, Let, let's play a little bit of it And yeah, then, it's good. why the fuck not So here's, uh, here's Greed from uh, the uh, Fugazis There you go. There is uh there's greed from Fugazi. Pretty nice song. That that bass line too is it's it's wonky, but it's so good. 
Love it. There's a lot of cool parts to this song. Like, like I like the aggression overall, and like just yeah, repeating yeah. the lines throughout. It's it's like that's very punker of them to do, and then it like is. the barking greed. That's funny. I, I I giggled. I laughed. I had a good time. I totally agreed. And the the, the stopping agreed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The the stop and go in this song is, is done really well. Uh to the point and, and the the parts that are heavy are just like some of the heaviest moments on this entire record. They uh they just they just this is a solid fucking song. It's good. It really is. And obviously the lyrics, self explanatory. It's not much there. It's about greed. Greedy corporations. Things Everyone's like Everyone's greedy. Everyone's greedy. So uh do we have anything else on this song? Or are we good? Uh no that's it. All right then, what's your three B? Three B. Where I don't, I don't have a three B. Where am I three? Oh, shut the door. The last track. Shut the door. Oh okay, all right. That's not a B for me, but okay. it's okay. Let's get into that. What, okay. what do you got on this one? It's dramatic. It's bass heavy, right? Like the bass is super heavy sounding and it's constantly noodling. And I love yeah. the stops and lead ins like by the bass. So like the music will stop and before it goes in, the bass will just throw like a doo 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 doo. And then go into like whatever riff they're going to do, and it happens yeah. over and over and over and over, and I love that. But there's so much going on in this song that it's all about like layering, and overall this album is layered very nicely mm-hmm. because 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 there's never like a true rhythm guitarist. It's more like the rhythm guitarist is playing something that's low and fuzzy, whereas the like the lead guitarist is playing something that's high and like obnoxious. And so there's never like a Malcolm Young to the Angus Young. It's just more like two lead guitarists playing just one playing high and one playing low. And that's really cool. And that's what this this song kind of like perfectly captures. And then like the droning two high note, the two high note guitar part, that ding, ding, like that thing. Yeah. F- flows with the vocals as is the bass line. And then like the distorted rhythm guitar part plays like with the drums. So you're getting like half the band playing with each other and the other half playing with each other, but then also kind of still playing in time and like driving the song forward. I like it. And like the instrumental bridge, too. The instrumental bridge is just fucking super sick. Let it flow. (laughs) Let it progress naturally and slowly. No rush. And then like, dude, that bass line is just something you can get behind. You can dance to it. The the bass has some really amazing parts on this one. Yeah. And I mean, the drums groove so so well on this on this particular song once again the fucking rhythm section is the best part of this band the best part of this record uh, it's yeah. unreal it, it, absolutely 100 percent. So i know i know you're not not a huge brand new guy uh but their album daisy which i think which i eventually want to do on the pod i think that that album is perfection but that that record in particular reminds me a lot of Fugazi and especially this song. There are moments in the song that I swear to you, brand new lifted off of this song. Like the 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 verses which which are not overly heavy, but you can kind of hear this like you you can kind of feel this slow build. But once the chorus hits, it comes in really strong with the screams and everything like that. That's a lot of what brand new were doing on that that Daisy record from two thousand nine, and. That's I thought that was fucking. I, that was very, I mean, that's that's very interesting. Like the only the only brand new I've, I've ever listened to in its entirety is Deja, so that's like the only thing I know by brand new. And not that they have like a ton of albums, but that's all I know by brand new. I feel and like the album bad. the album Daisy 
is the album that that's the standout record for them that they never made a record like daisy that was it was like nirvana mixed with now that we've listened to this record it's like nirvana mixed with fugazi mixed with maybe not not refused i'd say more just nirvana and fugazi like but like nirvana like like um like in utero nirvana and stuff like that there's some amazing moments on that that brand new record and it truly truly stands out from everything that they ever put out love that album but anyway okay Okay. shut the door this is also ian mckay on vocals I told uh, you. I told you to begin with. All of my bangers are Ian McKay vocals. I know it's so lame. It's so. I boring. told you. Talk about being boring. You know he's just, he's just he's fantastic. I I don't think that he's just okay. I think at worst, he's just a typical, like hardcore punk singer. But I think he's better than that. I think he's absolutely amazing. I th- I love I love the way he sings. I love it. <laughs> All right. All right. I think it's amazing. I truly uh, do think it's amazing. Which is like is weird because I also think that like Piccolo P is 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 trash. I, I think it's I can't even listen to it. It's awful. Which is so stupid. It can't listen to it. That makes no it. sense to me. Like is it le- at least I can get through the Ian McKay stuff. Like it's fine. I I can get past it. I, I some of his songs are my bangers. That's fine. But for your outright hatred of Pidgeotto, it makes no sense. I don't know who the fuck this guy was until this week, and and so like for me to hate him that much is strictly because of this album. Yeah, this is what is. started it was this album. That's insane. It just got Fucking worse and nuts. worse and worse. All right, so I'm I want to play a little bit of uh, "Shut the Door." Then we'll talk about the lyrics and then Shut uh, the door, move baby, on. Don't say word. So here it is. Uh, Shut the. <laughs> <laughs> so you shut the door from Fugazi. Shut the door from Sugar Ray. Uh, what, what, so, what do we have lyrically on this one? <laughs> I mean, that's a good Sugar Ray song, but this was uh, <laughs> this was supposedly written about someone who OD'd on heroin, right? Yeah, one and of it's his a, uh, friends. Yeah. It was like his brother's friend or, or somebody he knew. Not that it makes somebody a he lived with for for a brief time too, I think. Right. But this was, uh, as we like alluded to earlier, this was a fucking weird departure, almost overall, of his entire stance on like drugs. Because this was the most empathetic like approach I've ever read him, read him, read about him read dealing him. with something like this. Read him, read him, <laughs> read him, read him. This is a, this was the most like empathetic approach I've ever seen him him deal with like addiction and and like the the yeah. pitfalls of it. And he's definitely like anti drug and obviously and other bad stuffs, but he has a heart. And he can at least empathize and understand like the downward spiral of addiction. I didn't mean to quote stupid nine inch nails there, but <laughs> it happens sometimes. But yeah, I, 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 I like I like this lyrically because like I don't know, everything everything I know about Ian McKay is just so anti drugs. But then here he kind of is like understanding. And he like gives a reason why. Like, like it's damn, never bro. like this is the only time you see him show like give an explanation why why he he feels a certain way. This is a fucking. It's a good song. I, I don't know why this is. Maybe this is probably my seven B because I have six. No, I have seven B. This is my A B. This is my A B. This is my. I just changed it. This is my A B. Okay. Right. <laughs> it's a good like. song. It's a really good even song. Though, even though Ian is God, an annoying singer. But oh. okay. <laughs> anyway, we're not going to keep arguing over that because we just keep going in circles. We're repeatering ourselves. 
stupid. <laughs> I okay. One one thing lyrically too Beat that up. that kind of goes along with with the music on this particular song. I I like how in the verses it it's like it's the slow kind of trudging along musically, and 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 lyrically it's talking it's it's them like setting up to use to use to shoot up the heroin. Yeah. And then once the chorus hits, it gets loud. He screams, and that's that's the person overdosing. That's them dying right there. I like the I like how they how they 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 really kind of matched up the the music yeah. and, and lyrics and everything like that. It's great storytelling. Well yeah, it is. Which honestly, you don't. It's crazy. You don't see that a lot on here, and that's what I was expecting going into this week of Fugazi. I was expecting more stuff like this. I was expecting an entire record like this. But in all honesty, I was very disappointed in lyrics. Because I could not figure out why people love the music so much. So I thought it was the lyrics. But the lyrics are fine. But this is the lyrically, this is the best song on the record, for sure. Like, I, I, I see why... I, I mean, I guess I'll save it for my wrap-up. But, okay, let's keep, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Right. So, this is A your... record wrap-up. 3B, right? Yeah, 3B. 3B. All right, my 3B is uh, Styrofoam. Styrofoam, that's my 5B, baby. It's a goodie. See, this, is, this is Ian on, on I vocals. Know. I there know. There we go. His song is uh, way better. Is, I get it. This is like this is like an upbeat punk song uh, because, like I said, they don't do a ton of punk kind of songs. So it's nice when you hear it. Uh, it's This song is pretty heavy on the power chords at times, uh, but they mix it up. They mi- actually mix it up really well. With uh, some other wonky kind of guitar parts, I don't want to say winking, but just kind of out there stuff, which is nice. And of course, the bass just sits there so nicely. Um, and then there's even one part—I don't remember exactly the timestamp on it—but there's one part where every all the music stops and it's just uh, it's just Lally just just playing the bass part. It's just just him by himself. It's like the yeah. only bass solo, even though it's not a solo. It's the only part where he—it's he, just him. And that's nice. I like there was that like a, a there was a lot of reviews I read and a lot of, I mean I didn't go to a lot of like forums on Reddit, but I think it went to like three. But Lolly, the bass player, is like everybody's favorite part of this band. Dude, it's just he like is it's unanimous. Like everybody fucking loves the bass playing on this album, and in subsequent <laughs> albums. Yeah, every album of theirs, they, he is the highlight of every fucking album, every song really. Yeah. So you said this is your 5B, right? Yeah, this is my 5B. What do you have like musically on this one? I uh I I like the layering of Ian screaming over like the cleaner rung out guitar chords. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Like now we're getting a more aggressive Ian and I like him, but we're also like kind of contrasting that with like cleaner guitar chords and ringing them out and let everything just kind of like play out. But in like opposite ends of the spectrum here. But this one's just fun and it is kind of like pop punky at times. Which is cool, like in if you kind of read the lyrics in a certain way, like it's a nice contrast to the theme and sound. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, the way I read the lyrics is just, it's just like sort of like an end of days type stuff. We'll eventually destroy ourselves when there isn't anyone left to fight or a prison or rule. Much in the same way, like we destroy ourselves via like trash and waste. Like we are yeah. as a society, a very self-destructive society, and we're just animals. In essence, like the cheap throwaway styrofoam will last longer than us. Yeah, yeah. And we fought so hard in the 80s for styrofoam to, to go away and not pollute our atmosphere with the CFCs or whatever the fuck it was. But, I mean, styrofoam's going to last almost fucking forever. The, the styrofoam will last longer than us for sure. 
It's crazy. It's, but it's just that trash. It's, it's throwaway <laughs> trash. Like we, like styrofoam is throwaway trash. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> and I, I get, I got the pretty much the same thing as you. I mean, it, this is just an anti-capitalist. You know, hate all corporations because they're everybody. They're everybody, but themselves are destroying the environment, and you know, they have to have somebody to blame. And uh, that's kind of what the song is, really. It's just about the environment and as climate change or global warming at the time. That's what it was called. Yeah. But it's the that's the underlying issue. So fuck the yeah. whales. Nuke them, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's play a little bit of styrofoam and then we'll uh we'll move on. So here here it is from uh Fugazi. There you go. Styrofoam from Fugazi. Fugazi. Forget about it. Forget about it. All right, so that was so. What is your what's your four B? I think my last B. Let me see. No, you only have four Bs. No, you have more than four Bs. No, I had more than four Bs, but we've oh. already talked about the other Bs. Yeah, we talked about them, yeah. Yeah. So my last B is my four B. That's that's Brendan number one. Okay, or that's Brendan, my five B. Brendan one. So I think this might be all over. Uh, no, there's only one B left for me after after Brendan one. There's only one B left for me. But we don't have to talk the about it. What, let's see what else you have here. Yeah, my my only one other oh, it's, B, it's, which we don't have to talk about. Your other B is reprovisional, huh? No, it's two beats off. Oh wow! It's an Ian song. Look at that. Okay, I know. See, I, th- I thought it'd be reprovisional. Repro- I can't even talk. I can't even say Reprovisional. Okay. No, that's fine. Yeah, the Brendan number one. Brendan one. Brendan one. Five B. So I mean, this is an instrumental. Yeah, it's instrumental. What What do you got on this one? Great rhythm. Lots of give Tom usage here. And it leads to a solid drop, but uh, the guitar comes in heavy and allows like the song to build until we get like a momentary release. So it's not like a drop; it's more like yeah. a subtle release. And I like that because we don't always need like a build, 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 build drop. But I like the build, 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 little release, build, 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 little release, and that's what like this song kind of does. There's a lot of these little subtle releases, and we don't even realize it's happening until after it's already done. And I yeah. like that. I dig that. I, like I appreciate like, that. The buildup is so, is so small that once it drops back into that loop, it it's not jarring. Like it doesn't it doesn't catch you off guard. It doesn't make you think like, well, they should have done something else with that drop. It's just enough buildup to not be annoying and obnoxious. That's what's yeah. so cool about it. It's but yeah, song. it's very Tom heavy. Very very Tom heavy on the drums. Love that. But it's I, normally I don't like it. Normally I'm not a Tomman. When it comes to the drums, I'm a Tom DeLongman, but not a Tomman. Uh, but yeah, otherwise this is this is a good one. Some some good noodling on the guitar as well, uh, but nothing nothing overly wanky. And I don't think they could they would really be able to pull off a wanky guitar solo anyway. I don't think they can. I don't think they yeah, have the, I, the, the dexterity and, and talent to do it anyway. <laughs> I don't think so either. But this is a solid one. So should we should this be our last song to play out on? Yeah, play it. So so here's Brendan One from uh, Fugazi. Brendan One, the instrumental from (laughs) Fugazi. (laughs) It has like a very kind of surf tinge to it as well. It's relaxing. It's nice. There's only like a handful of songs. I might say handful, like three or four songs that do kind of have a surf tinge to it. One of them is this one, yes. Solid fucking song. So... 
What what were you uh, what were you doing while this was playing? I heard you like burp and then choke. Did you burp and choke? I PC? coughed. No, you I, coughed I and choked. That chalked. You chalked. I, you chaffed. <laughs> choked and coughed. Chaffed. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Oh man, I can't believe you heard me do that. You, I can't believe you heard me. You know, I hear everything. Choke, but chaff. I hear I hear all chaffs. You hear me chaff. Okay, so uh, we do. We're we're pretty much good with all the songs here. Oh, so yeah. uh, so let's wrap it up. Let's give our uh, record wrap up our our final <laughs> thoughts. Some might say, and, uh, and then we'll rate the, the rate the record uh, according to our world famous three point rating system. Where three is a perfect album, two is a good album you're going to continue to listen to, one is a bad album but give it a shot, uh, and zero is just the worst thing you've ever heard. So, final thoughts and rating go. So, um. Uh, Put on the spot here. I've never, I've never done this before. I don't know what to do. It's your first, it's your first time, yeah. After six years, is your first time doing this. Gulp. So, uh, Fugazi, um, overall, let down for sure. One hundred percent let down. I, I thought this was going to blow my fucking mind. I really did enjoy thirteen songs a lot, but that was just because of nostalgia, because it's just something that blew my little nine-year-old mind. Because I thought the Foo Fighter camp counselor liked. Foo Fighters, but it was actually Fugazi, and that was just a weird trip down like memory lane for me. But overall, yeah. like, like Fugazi just never recovered from that that the name, like the brand Ian McKay. Like, honestly, they just they they're not they're not that good. <laughs> they're just not. They're not that fucking good. <laughs> like at best, they're a cool kind of like instrumental punky jam band where they sing sometimes. But even the singing, even though I like Ian McKay a lot. It's not like great. It's not like amazing. It just flows well. I think flows well with the with the music sometimes. So to think that like Fugazi is this this untouchable god of music from like the late eighties, early nineties, early two thousands. It's just silly boy talk. It truly is. It's silly boy talk. There are bands that did it better, and just because you did something first does not mean you're the best at it. Yes, I will yeah. give I will give credit where credit is due. I respect Fugazi for being kind of like the innovators of it because I think before them it was just Husker Du, which is fucking trash. And <laughs> I I really want to listen to that now. It's so dumb. So it's so dumb. Just do, dude, I just listen to it. This is like the top songs <laughs> on Spotify at least. Yeah. Dumb. So like Fugazi is the band that people like think is like, oh, this is the precursor to like Nevermind. And this is the precursor to like 10, Pearl Jam and like all the alternative rock. Okay, I, I, I see beginnings here. Sure, sure, yeah. but but <laughs> but to think, but to say like like just because this influenced like Nirvana or just because this influenced Pearl Jam, I'm not a big Pearl Jam fan, but just because this influenced something does not make it better than what it influenced. No, no, no. And I think that's what we're falling victim to. We're falling victim to just because this is first, therefore it is better, and that is yeah. entirely inaccurate. And that's my biggest problem with Fugazi is they are just, um, I don't know, they're okay. <laughs> they are. <laughs> they, they are. And honestly, like Repeater, dude, like this, yeah. uh, uh, their name mark album, like the, the album that made them Fugazi, the album that's still talked about to this day, that people still write about as, as being one of the greatest things that come out of the 90s. Um, I give it two out of three. I'll listen again. <laughs> Solid two out of three, for sure. All right, that's fair. That's fair. 
Yeah, that's it. All right, my final thoughts uh, align with yours uh, very closely. They are they're overrated, absolutely overrated. Uh, they are a band that uh, just because you do it first doesn't mean it's better. And comparing them to Nirvana especially, I mean, I'm not a Pearl Jam fan either, but comparing them to Nirvana, Silly boy I mean, talk. even how polished Nevermind is, Dude, that that album is leaps and bounds better than than this record, through and fucking through. You, it's just, it's you want to talk about like the silliest boy talk in the whole world, <laughs> you know, <laughs> saying that that this is as good if not better than Nirvana is just you. You have to get your head checked. You know, you probably fell down earlier in the day, and that's why you're saying that. But uh, yeah, overrated. Still, still good. Still good. But I would. In the end, I would rather listen to Refused. I'd rather listen to At the Drive-In. I'd rather listen to the one brand new record that I mentioned earlier, the Daisy record. Uh, but this is still a good listen. It, it's fun. I mean, I, like I said, I bought it on vinyl. I, I, did, I do enjoy this record. But this record and the other one I bought, Red Medicine, that's all I need. Like I got, I got the, the cl- technically the classic Fugazi, and then I got the more poppy Fugazi, which is not that much different from one another. But... I got them both. I don't need anything more than that. And uh, I don't know. With all that being said, after we've talked for almost two hours now, Oy. I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give this record a two point. Not just a two. I'm gonna give this a solid two. I'll give this a two, and I give Red Medicine a two point two five. That's what I. That's what I get. That's okay. what I got. Okay. I feel like that's I'll buy fair. It. It's I'll fair, buy it. right? Sure. So, that's all I got on 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 the the Fugazis, the Fugazis. Um, I don't know. You got anything else? <laughs> no, the fuckus eyes. <laughs> I, I I stole that from the Blink One Fifty Five guys because that's what they. Is that what they, they said? Say. Yeah, or at least Sam used to say it just to be an idiot. He would just say he would call him Fugazi. It was funny. It was funny. God, so many people talk about Fugazi. It just it's yeah, I, I don't fucking get it, but whatever. Uh, so yeah, thank you all for listening. Keep listening. Tell all your friends and family. You know, give only give us five stars on uh, Apple Podcast, Spotify. You know, you know the drill. Go do that. And um, I don't know. That's it. That's all. I don't get it. I know you bought it today because I saw a program. They got rid of it, so the, obviously you bought it. Yeah. So I don't, I don't get it. Okay, but uh, number two Wait, for me is, is why did you, why did you, why did you spy? <laughs> why you spy me? <laughs> why did you spy on me? <laughs> why did you do that? Even though you like Piccolo Pete's voices, but that's fine. Well, I didn't say that. I haven't said that at all. I know you do because you're a little cut. You just that's fine though. You just like to assume things, and you know. <laughs> assume things I think it would be really cool if they released these records especially the early records instrumentals like the instrumental only stuff we're probably going to get like all these little fucking Fugazi cucks are going to be like oh well actually their tour in fucking 1996 was actually all instrumental <laughs> and Ian McKay and Piccolo Pete actually didn't say a fucking word so hold your horses buttholes <laughs> relax so so uh, yeah I, I, I would also like to hear just 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 like the instrumental parts but